2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Bratton Cliff Flea Circus. My name is Cliff and I'm joined by a chorus of drills.
1: <laughs> Hello. Yes, that was that was exciting, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I oh, like that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm Brett. Oh, that's, that's who I nice. am. That's well, nice. hello.
2: Hello. Yes, it is. And how are you? This fine, fine April Day.
1: I'm fine. There's no drilling anywhere near me, so I'm quite okay. I don't know. What... I'm half <laughs> expecting like the ceiling to come in your head. Yeah. I listen to our podcasts on, on Friday whilst also watching Basic Instinct with the sound down. That was, a, that was a nice experience. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous film. Were, were you alone? Was I alone? No, the wife was asleep. Mm. Next to us. <laughs> so I wasn't alone. But it's it was just insane. Completely insane. The, the, I mean, I, I, it's a long time since I've seen it. And when I was a kid, I don't know if I've actually seen it or just the good bits.
2: Yeah, I thought I was thinking, is there a story? <laughs>
1: Is there a plot? I'm not sure about that, like, but uh it just seemed exactly like Showgirls with the sound off. Who's which again? It,
2: who's in it? I know Sharon Stone. Is it um Willem Defoe? Yeah.
1: No, it's Michael Douglas.
2: Who which is the one with Willem Defoe?
1: Is that uh, that's the Madonna one? Is it Body of
2: Evidence? That's my favourite one. Yeah.
1: The is it <laughs> <laughs> The wax? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was weird when all those films were coming out at the same time, wasn't it? All those a lot, a lot of sex thrillers. thrillers. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. I call them sex thrillers.
2: Sex thrillers. Well, that's because you're a much more basic man. I find more uh, a, <laughs> a, a, a deeper pleasure in the eroticism yeah. of them. <laughs> uh
1: huh. And then when the, Channel Five put them all on late at night, that was that was a wonderful time to be alive, wasn't it?
2: Have you seen no Sea of <laughs> Love with Al Pacino and Ellen Barkin? I don't
1: think I have. I think I've actually got it somewhere. Um, but no, I haven't seen that one. That's a good one. Is that that's any good,
2: good? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And obviously, uh-huh. I think Body of Evidence is actually my favourite because it was Madonna when I was a kid. But um, yeah. what about, what's the one with all the screens? Slither. Slither? It's
1: sliver? Sliver. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: is that about the slugs? What's it called? <laughs> is that, that horror about the slugs? Slither, I've yeah. seen that. <laughs>
2: What's it called?
1: <laughs> I don't know. But once again,
2: Sliver, I've it's only called seen, Sliver.
1: <laughs> I've only seen the good bits. Uh is it about some hotel or something I am not sure. I
2: think it's it's also Sharon Stone and she moves into an yeah. apartment block where William Baldwin is like a nice guy, I think, but then he's got a big control room where he's got cameras in all their rooms.
1: All right. Yeah. So, oh, what I've it means seen... is
2: when there's a few people at work who have like two screens who think they're important mm-hmm. and that. And all the time yeah. I'm like, oh I, think, oh, I think you're on Sliver, do you? And obviously, no one, <laughs> no one knows what I'm about at all.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you also say that when you go into betting
2: shops? <laughs> <laughs> sliver, I eh? <laughs> think you're on Sliver. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it also happens if I'm ever in the control room of the BBC, NASA, uh, all yeah, the
1: anyway, anyway. Uh, that's, that, that's why there's always those uh, crumpled up white bits of paper at the betting shop, isn't there, on yeah. the floor? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll listen to that. And I, I also watched a film um, this week, which was a horror with Vincent Price in called The Monster Club, and uh, it was accompanied by music from UB40. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <A> reggae horror.
1: <laughs> there was like, yes, it's set in this club with the, all these monsters, all. and in the background you can just hear UB40. Oh,
2: yes. Are <laughs> well, they playing in the club? Is have it have like a monster it band?
1: It's just Well, there is other monster bands in it, but unfortunately, UB40 aren't one of them. But there's there's other bands in there. It's it's a really crazy follow. So I watched when that. When was it from? Oh, was
2: the eighties, I presume.
1: Eighty-one. Okay. Nineteen eighty-one. Aye. So that was good. Like I say, it was uh, it was mental. Um, and I also listened to a different podcast this week, which we don't really talk about other ones. But I, uh, I don't know if you've listened to this one. Uh, Paul McCartney was on that Adam Buxton thing. Did you did you listen to that? I listened
2: to that. It was about Christmas time when that came out because uh, I think I was buying Christmas cards and I remember it being on. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was quite good. Like I think the thing with McCartney is he always get the same stories, really, don't you? And every now, every <laughs> time he's got a new album, he remembers a new story from the uh, Beatles. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, <laughs> the thing the thing that interests me about it was he was talking about like the. The television programs he liked, and he likes uh, Homes Under the Habit. Yeah, I (laughs) know. And American Pickers and stuff like that. See, he gets really into them. And he was talking about Vic and Bob as well.
2: Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Because he had Bob Mortimer on, um, a different Mm -hmm.
1: one. I I promised uh, someone that I would say, give them a bit of a shout out, so I'm going to do it. Uh, Rafa. Mm-hmm. Our friend um, who is from Brazil, um, she sent us a message saying that she was walking down. And I'm going to get say this wrong. I got wrong off the wife by saying Copacabana. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say Anyway, Copacabana Beach, listening to my health podcast. And apparently she was laughing to herself when she was walking down that beach. So I, I said, so i would mentioned that. Because I think that's a good thing. So yeah. that means that mean you have been there, really. Yeah,
2: doesn't it it? like Buster. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, like Buster. We didn't rob no trains, though, did
2: no. we? No, no, we did not. No. Um, so last week and the week before, I told you about the plight of a, a mother bird who had laid some eggs and was yeah, si- si- sitting a shit on dove. Sit the shit dove, the shit pigeon, sitting on the eggs that were, it was a hopeless task. Anyway, lo and behold, there's now two chicks out there that uh, I feel very responsible for all of a sudden. <laughs> two little furry well, chicken shit pigeon doves. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of exciting. The drilling's back. Um, it's kind of exciting, but I feel a weight of ex- a weight of responsibility on my shoulders as well. And so uh, you should, and
1: so you should. What Have you done anything... Have you prepared anything to, to sort of look after these birds?
2: I took the dad out for a couple of pints, wet the baby's head. Um, as you do. Uh-huh. Um, and a cigar. Yeah, and I give them some silver coins. I think that happens as well. Is that what you meant to do? <laughs> <laughs> and uh I, most of all, I've stopped the cat from going outside because I think that yeah, would that's be a bad move. Um, so, that yeah, would be uh, I'm genuinely... Assumed those eggs were never going to hatch, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I know nothing about eggs, birds, baby birds, and hatches. So,
1: but but what's the end goal going to be, Cliff? I mean, can they stay there forever? That's no. the question.
2: No, um, they can't. Can they? They need to move on, but I'm not going to kick them out yet.
1: They need to be fumigated. <laughs> Right, I've got a few questions for you. The first one is just a normal question. And I was okay. thinking about this uh I was thinking about this in the week. Well, I don't know, to be perfectly honest. Is <laughs> is there anything that reoccurs in modern films that gets on your nerves, Cliff?
2: Yeah. So is there almost everything. Yeah. Almost everything. Yeah. Um the fact I, that they've got to go to a strip club in every film no matter what it's about or what the job is or who they're meeting that they've got to go to a strip club that that is yeah. that that gets on my nerves
1: uh-huh i, I think that's taken from what we are talking about last week with Beverly Hills Cop isn't it i think they've just yeah. nicked it from that <laughs> yeah. pretty much but what gets on my nerves is uh, you, you watch these films and loads and loads of money's being spent on them and stuff like that and then it shows you like a, a family photo for like, you know, impact, for emotional yeah. impact. And it's the worst Photoshop photo you've ever seen in <laughs> your life. I just, I just it annoys us. I don't know why that winds us up, but it does.
2: I think the technology for those photos should have caught up with uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> I think they should have. I think
1: they should have. So that winds us up. Okay. But uh, I've got some true or false um, questions for Let's you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Harry Seacombe was once employed by the Metropolitan Police as one of those blue lights you see at a crime scene.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you think that's true or false? Harry it Seekham?
2: seems too obvious to be false, so I'm going to say true.
1: I think it is true as well. I, I, <laughs> I would agree. Donald Trump's complexion is due to a lifelong addiction to sunny delight. Yep, true. <laughs> that is definitely true, isn't uh, it? So you, that's good. Uh, Rocky Dennis created the term "animal magnetism."
2: <laughs> I think I heard it was it wasn't created by him, but it was used for the first time in reference to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's false. It, it was. It, it was John Merrick who okay. created that term? But there you go. <laughs> There's your true or false question. Well, thank you for no that. No facts this week. I'll I'll leave you alone with the facts until okay.
2: next week. So well, I mean, they were kind of facts because now I know which ones of those were facts.
1: <laughs> kind of. I guess so.
2: <laughs> um, moving on from Rocking Dennis, we're going to talk about Back to the Future, my favourite ever mm. film. It
1: certainly is. Yes, and I was there. Uh, I was over the moon to watch it yesterday. I watched it this morning. Didn't have a very good day yesterday. You didn't you have a good day. Morning? What do you mean? No, it was just one of them days yesterday. But this, uh, this film cheered is up no end.
2: Okay, that's it's
1: good. It's just a joy, isn't it? It is.
2: Film. There's nothing bad about this film at all, is there? Yeah, it's, it's nothing at all. It's perfect. This. The story, the characters, the acting, the music, the way it looks, Mm -hmm. the jokes, the little bits and pieces that are in the background, and all of that kind of stuff, the way it sets up the next one. It's all, Uh I I love it. I absolutely love it, and I always have.
1: Yeah, I know. And like I say, I know it's your favourite film and stuff like that. And uh, I was watching it yesterday and my son came in and went, oh, what are you watching? Back to the Future. One of my favourite films. <laughs> so he's got your genes. Where <laughs> these genes have come from, I'm getting incredibly worried.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he, he never said that when the goddamn thing was on.
2: No. But when well, Back in the Future. He knows what's right. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a good lad. <laughs> he's a good lad, him. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, it's a classic. And Can you remember the first time you watched it?
2: I think I get a little bit confused because I I would have gone to, I think when I was young, I've like mixed up number one and two. So mm-hmm. I, I often say like two, I prefer. This is my favorite film, but I love number two. And I think that's because I went to the pictures to see number two when it came out. I remember I go with yeah. my dad to uh, Cannon in Sunderland to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. But I also feel like it might have, been a double bill and this one was on first and then that one was on. Like that seems unlikely. Right. But um uh-huh. but I I can't remember the first time I saw this one. I remember like both of them together are kind of like mixed up in my mind and in my memories. Yeah. Um uh-huh. but I, I it would have been around the time the second one came out. I probably saw this mm-hmm. at home or on a video from video Phil or whatever, and then uh yeah. and then went to see the new one. Um mm-hmm. uh, the new you want at the time. Uh, it's it's just great, isn't it? Like, as a kid, there's so much that you would like about it as a kid. And yeah. the great thing is when you watch it as an adult, it makes you feel like a kid again or makes you feel excited yeah. in the way that you were when you were a kid. So I think that's why it works for, like, generations.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's true. Definitely. What about you? I think the first time I watched it um, would have been on the TV on BBC one I think and I have a distinct memory of watching it at Christmas okay um maybe it's Christmas Eve or something like that when you've got your pajamas on as a Mm -hmm. kid and stuff so I think that was the first time I saw it and uh, I I just loved it and I still love it now but because it's amazing I mean Michael J Fox what a man he is I mean. He's, he's just so likeable, isn't he? That's the thing. And, and I think people try to copy this type of film with not much, well, no success these days, do they? Because mm-hmm. the characters, you don't like them. Whereas, I mean, like last week, we were talking about uh, Beverly Hills Cop and stuff like that. You just like Eddie Murphy. And it's just, it's the same kind of thing with Michael J. Fox. You just, you just like him. He's a nice kid,
2: isn't he? Yeah, I think. And also, like, he's not... Like the super cool kid, is he? That's the thing. Yeah. Um, he's, uh-huh. because he, he's all right, like he's he's pretty cool, you know. He's, yeah. he's but and you want to as a normal kid, you think, Oh, I wish I could do that, but also his band isn't getting picked for the school dance and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. His. So uh-huh. and he's his mom won't let him go out overnight and stuff. So it was always cool, mm. he's not like that untouchable level of like ah, oh, you know, the the Zach Morris kind of like yeah. unrealistic kind of cool character um yeah and i think that's why it works um he's mm-hmm. he's just really really good and like you said, having a bit of a dig at modern films but most films now are like gritty backstory so you can't even have like superman or batman being fun and i know batman was never really rooted in that but you've got a you know, there's got to be some kind of trauma that the tra- that crawling yes. over and getting to the root uh-huh. of, and if it's a biopic, you go back into their childhood when there was some the dad was cruel uh-huh. to them or whatever. Like there's 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 always something, and and it's all yeah. From this anti heroes became the big thing with Sopranos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like anti heroes were the new leading characters, which meant they're not really that likable. So. It, and, and kids' movies became like superhero films, which is also unrealistic, yeah. which is why I uh-huh. think that first Tom Holland Spider-Man film was so well-received, because it kind of t- took it back to that little uh-huh. kid that it could be somebody you were at school with and all of that. Um, uh-huh. And I think that's why this really... These 80s films were, were so good. They're, like, so nostalgic, aren't they? Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, you, you're right completely in what you're saying. You, you, not everything has to be about that stuff, does it? Not every, everything, not every horror film has to be about depression. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sick of <laughs> yeah. watching shit like that. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's, every- not,
2: it's not a monster. It's it's a metaphor yeah. for the, the black dog on the shoulder and all that.
1: Exactly. Whereas, I mean, when you would watch these type of things, I mean, this is a, a family-friendly film, and it's, it's just fun, and it's fun. Because you like the characters, you you can imagine yourself being Marty McFly, you you would love to be Marty McFly, he's got his flaws and and that's part of his charm, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I I completely agree, definitely, I really do. So it came out in
2: 1985, directed by Mm -hmm. Robert Zemeckis, written Mm -hmm. by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, produced by Spielberg.
1: Yeah, produced by Spielberg. I watched um, the making of documentary and he, mm-hmm. he turns up looking like Full Spectre. <laughs> 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 Looks exactly like him. Exactly like Full Spectre. It's spepper. a bad look. It is a bad look. I don't know why he copied it. But that's the way he looked anyway.
2: Um. Yeah, so starring Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly, uh, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Emmett Brown, mm-hmm. and Crispin the- Glover. As George McFly, and, yeah. Uh, Tom Wilson as Biff Tannen, and there's a few other people in it. Um, Billy Zane Aye. pops up. He's probably <laughs> one of the other names that people recognise. Um, who's your favourite? Probably,
1: it? probably uh, Billy Zane's best role because he doesn't speak.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you would miss him <laughs> easily.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> would miss. Him. Who was my favourite? Well, when I was a kid, obviously it was Marty McFly. He was my mm-hmm. favourite. Mm-hmm. I love them, but as you as you get older, I do I do like Doc Brown. He is the best mad scientist ever in film. I think, isn't he? He's. I superb. would say.
2: So you when well, you watch it, so he's a mad scientist who invents a time machine that sends yeah. Marty McFly back to 1955 in his hometown.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, why, as you watch it now, like when you were watching it, you go, Oh, I wish I was friends with a guy like that who could make all these mad inventions and stuff, and it would be really cool. But actually, <laughs> yeah, how are those two friends? It's really <laughs> well, weird.
1: that's, that's the, the fantasy element of it, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> that you, you you know, as a kid, you would love to have this friend who's a mad scientist, mad inventor, and he's, he's also like this just mental, charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. You'd love that, wouldn't you? I mean, that's I know, the dream.
2: Also, forget not being allowed to go out with his girlfriend for a night. There's no way your mom and dad would let you go to this bloke's house every day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the main reasons that uh, Marty McFly's East Mate is he's got the biggest amp I've ever seen in
2: life, Well, yeah, I mean which there's is so great many bits so many bits in the film that are like just stand out or that are so funny or like yeah. stick in your mind. And it's uh-huh. from the very, very start. So it starts with an, al- an alarm going off and a series of machines. Uh, yeah. You know, there always used to be these things on TV shows it's, and stuff right. where, like a, like, a ball Revens, would roll down the thing it? and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, and it would, like, set an alarm off and that would, steam would then melt mm-hmm. something that would drip into a bowl and that bowl would then, press a weight down and it would flip up something and blah, 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 blah. And the end goal of this is that dog food comes out of a can and (laughs) pours into the thing. And what you realize is at that point, the dog food is just overflown. So it's obviously been happening over and over and over again. And he's not there. and The the dog's not there. Einstein. um, Einstein, who is a pup in 1955, which means he's <laughs> at least thirty years old in 1985. I did,
1: I did. I watched, I watched <laughs> the sequel uh, after after watching the first one, and and yeah, I thought, is that
2: the same dog? <laughs>
1: really, like a thirty
2: odd year old dog?
1: It couldn't be the same dog. No way. But going back to what you were talking about at the start, those things are in there because everybody likes saying stuff like huh? that. I remember there were sets that you used to be able to buy that used to do things. I think they're like mar- marbles,
2: marbles yeah. or something.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, mousetrap. I mean, that, that is yeah, mousetrap, yeah, Yeah,
2: it? it's amazing. So like as a kid, you were like fascinated and the fact that it was like robotics and stuff like that, that was going into it. It was like, it was just like, wow. Yeah. And then Marty McFly rocks up on his skateboard, lets himself in. Starts yeah. lighting this amp up It was so funny, the world's biggest amp He's turning everything up to 10 and 100 Overdrive mm-hmm. and all that stuff So big, and then he's got a tiny little Guitar
1: <laughs> He Yeah, it's like, like a, a big... travel Guitar or something, <laughs> isn't it? That's what it is it's like, yeah. that's, I think that's what it is, a travel guitar
2: And he blows a, Plays a big chord and blows the he Amp does. and he goes flying um, but
1: did you did you notice one of the clocks? Because it pans and all, like you say, all these, I mean, it's like TikTok of, of time, isn't it? It's like yeah. the Pink Floyd song at the start. But did you notice the clock where he's hanging off the clock tower?
2: You know what? I didn't see it this time, but I have seen it, it, it before. Yeah. yeah. I've seen the clip. Somebody must have done a still of it or something like that.
1: Yeah. So there's like little clever bits in the film like that where it's pointing you in a certain direction and it also sort of pans past this newspaper cutting and it talks about a big fire at uh, sort of Doc Brown's house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Doc what Doc Brown's done is uh, he's he's burnt oh he's, he's burnt his house down to get the money so he can keep his experiments going and stuff like that. <laughs> so there's like clever little bits in the film where you know it's it sort of pointing you in a certain direction mm-hmm. i love that stuff because that's the thing really as clever. well about this film that that's just what i was going to say it's really clever this film it's just massively clever i think i mean they, they, we're jumping a little bit forward but like you've just mentioned his bands and stuff like that he doesn't he doesn't get into a dance or whatever i think it's huey lewis who tells him that he kind of do it as well isn't it and like yeah. a cameo yeah at the start but and then when it sort of he does go back in time and meets his, his father, he says the same thing that Marty McFly says yep. at the start. Well, you know, I, I, I I'm not confident. No, what if they don't like it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Marty McFly's dad's writing these stories, and he says exactly the same thing. It's just clever, clever writing, I think, mm-hmm. in that way. And that's just one of the ways that's clever. I think I think it's clever loads of
2: ways. Yeah, yeah. And especially when you think that they obviously already knew what was going to be happening in the second one because there's so yeah. many nods to that in this as well. Um uh-huh. That they're weaving in the potential storyline for a sequel into these ones. So these little Easter egg kind of things come to come to roost like later on yeah. in a different film even, like not even in this one. Um Yeah, that's true. It's It's so good. So you've got... Yeah, I mean, this is the opening. Those machines... Big amp. Then Doc Brown rings him. He says, you need to be somewhere at 1am. I've got something to show you. Then he Uh realises the clocks are all 25 minutes out out of time. Yeah. Um, That's slow, aren't they? And so he has to hot foot it to school so he gets his skateboard he's hanging off the back of a pickup truck as it makes its way there as a kid you watch that going oh my god how cool is that while <laughs> yeah. uh, Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News is playing oh man yeah. it's so cool like the beginning it's just so it so good there's not like as a little boy or as a grown up man it just it mm-hmm. nails all those things it gets that, you. Like, yeah it just nails it? everything Um it
1: gets you straight away
2: it does and then um, you also. When do we see uh, George McFly for the first time?
1: I think that there's a there's a good setup after. I think it may be after he's been to school. Yeah. And after he's been sort of denied for the 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 band competition or whatever for the dance, there's this really good bit where they're setting everything up, where the family are just sitting down having something oh, to eat, yeah. I think, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And the, so, it sets like it sets everything up in the film, like how his parents met and stuff like yeah, that. Biff. How his sister, yeah, how his sister can't get a boyfriend and, and how his brother is working in McDonald's or something mm-hmm. like that as well. So just uh, Biff as well, yeah. Biff's there is he.
2: <laughs>
1: so well, it, it just it, sets everything up.
2: And it sets up the character of George McFly, Marty McFly's dad, played by Crispin Glover. Who, for me, is the best part of this film, really? Like, I, there's performance. Could you ever get another actor to do this that he does? Like, well, the, co-
1: they did try.
2: Well, they did the try. Well, much <laughs> much, much too, uh, well, he sued them. So. <laughs> he sued them, yeah. <laughs> and he sued them in one.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> but it's. I don't if anybody knows anything about Crispin Glover now, it's that he's a weirdo or he's an oddball and he does, he's yeah. really off the wall and books and spoken word. And the last film I saw him in was years and years ago, and it's about like all these spiders. That it's like a kind of creepy horror film, and it's this weird house I can't remember the name of it. I remember talking to you oh. about it at the time. Um, yeah,
1: I think I know what you mean,
2: but anyway, he's gone off, he went off the like mainstream list instantly after this film, yeah, despite. Being, <laughs> the the third or fourth biggest like well the, the third main character in it. Um it's the it's the weirdest, funniest, best <laughs> oddball performance of anyone I've ever seen in my life. It's it, 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 it makes it the film, Marty McFly can be as cool as he likes. Doc Brown can be as like this mad scientist character as much as he wants. But if it wasn't for the way that he plays George McFly, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work as yeah. well as it does. It's so good. The bit where they're watching TV on this. This bit where he goes home and Marty's uh-huh. a bit like fucking Elmy family or weird as fuck. Um, yeah. His dad's like just laughing his head off at these old TV shows, but he's like not laughing. He's like smacking the table. I know it's like <laughs> nobody's taking any almost. notice of him. <laughs> like everybody yeah. else is just trying to have their dinner.
1: <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it's it's a. It's I mean, I I quite like. Uh, Crispin Glover, actually, oh, see? I, I th- I've seen him in a couple of things. Um, I think he's in Dead Man for a little bit, and he's, like, mm-hmm. really weird in Dead Man when he's mm-hmm. sitting on the train. And uh, I think he's in something called American Gods, which is quite a new-ish yes. ish TV uh, series, so he's in that. But I think the reason that he sort of fell away a little bit is if you make any kind of ructions in Hollywood for whatever reason, they tend to put you on the back burner mm-hmm. straight away, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm. And that's obviously that's obviously what he's done. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, that's another clever bit about the film because Marty McFly's got to go back in time to get his parents back together. And you don't want to make that easy, do you? Yeah. Do
2: you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's got to be
1: difficult. And and that, that is the reason it's difficult because he's dad's such an oddball, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, he goes. He ends up back in time by accident, doesn't he? Because it goes from this, like, cool, really cool opening. Yeah. This family scene where you see this kind of weird family dynamic and the dad is this pushover, that Biff Tannen. Uh, his mm-hmm. boss is, like, kind of beating him down all the time. I'll run it on over in the morning and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you get to the bit where he goes to meet the doc at 1.15 a.m. in this car park. And the doc's like, yeah, built a time machine out of a DeLorean. So here's another bit that's going to get every young lad going a time machine out of the coolest uh-huh. looking car I've ever seen. <laughs> um, that's got loads of like blue electric coming off it and all that stuff and flames when it goes fast, like superb. Yeah. And then some terrorists arrive. And you're like, what? Is now yeah. suddenly scary? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Libyan terrorists. I mean, and that car as well. It was kind of a joke, that call, wasn't it, at the time?
2: I don't know whether it was at that point or it became afterwards. I I know that it's like... Surely this film
1: must have elevated the DeLorean's uh, (laughs) status in everybody's (laughs) mind. Because I remember uh, looking... Because Lennon's a big fan of this film. So I remember looking to see how much the cost um, DeLorean's now, see how much they would buy. And they were like three thousand dollars. There wasn't yeah, any yeah, in the UK get at all one. in America, but there weren't that much.
2: You could have gotten one. We, I was saying we could get one if we wanted. We could have. We could feasibly oh. save up that money. <laughs> right.
1: I, th- I thought you had seriously. You think I would have turned
2: one in. down if I could have got
1: one? <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen one in real life? I haven't.
2: No, no, no. I don't think so.
1: No. I mean, what, it, I think there's a documentary about, say, the guy who mm-hmm. made them. Yeah,
2: there is, yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, on, on BBC, because they were made in Northern Ireland or something like that, wasn't there? I haven't actually seen in the, the documentary, but would you say that this is the coolest car in any fuller Because, I, yeah, I mean, there's loads of cool cars, isn't there? It
2: is, I yeah. mean, it is for me. It, for me, it absolutely is. Like, ahead of any Batmobile or anything like that, this is yeah. absolutely. I was gonna it's say Marty McFly ends up having to flee the Libyans who shoot or shooting at Doc Brown because what's happened is he's stolen nuclear plutonium from them in order to mm-hmm. fuel the charge that this car needs to go through time. Uh yeah. And he told them he was gonna make them a bomb with it. He's like, Yeah, they'll never know. I'll just give them an empty case of a bomb. So you also <laughs> got here that Doc Brown, no wonder he's an outcast because he's yeah. he's quite happy to deal with Libyan terrorists and make them bombs. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's <laughs> Doesn't sinister. care, does he? It's totally sinister. <laughs> like, and you just like it's the, the what Doc yeah. Brown is and what he stands for and what he's done with his life. I don't even want to scratch the surface on it because it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it, the
1: only thing he cares about is his experiments, doesn't he? That's, that's the only thing he cares about. So it, it doesn't matter who he upsets or or who, even if that terrorist, terrorists, mm-hmm. even if they're Libyan terrorists, he's still <laughs> going to just do it because he wants his experiments there, just like the burn of his house. Mm-hmm. That's why he's done that, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. exactly. So anyway, Martin McFly ends up trying to speed away from the terrorists in the DeLorean and he goes, oh, let's see if he can get catches at 90. And then as he gets towards 88 miles per hour, which is the magic number that this car time travels, he's like, yeah. oh, shit, if this works, I'm going to go back in time. And the time set yeah. for uh, 1955, 55. which yeah. is when uh, Doc Brown's like, ah, oh, this date, I put it in. That's when I came up with the idea for the thing that powers capacitor. That flux capacitor, which is what powers this and makes time travel possible. That's the day I did mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Uh, so it ends up going back to that time. And yeah, this again. So the, one of the reasons I love this is like the future. That's great. All of that stuff, the skateboard, uh-huh. the music, but also this bit in the past, like when I was, 10, 11 or whatever. I used to love like Elvis and Buddy Holly and Dionne the Belmonts mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And we're talking. He's going back to nineteen fifty-five, right? So he's in this. The style of it, the look and feel of it, the milkshake bars and all of that stuff, the cars, the outfits. Yeah, I'm like, wow! And it's like proper technical kind of feel when he uh-huh. goes back to it. It's yeah. so good when he gets there, and this is where oh, it is. it's all of the next hour or so. It's just total setups of mistakes miscommunications yeah. like misidentification you got the wrong man uh-huh. and she starts fancying him and the dad gets beat up and biff uh, it's just everything's going wrong because yeah. he gets in the way of his mom and dad meeting for the first time and then yeah getting together going to the dance where they met and then him and his siblings are born he ends up fucking up because he lands himself in the middle of it and the mom starts fancying him and he fancies the mom because the first time he sees her he almost says you're so hot and he stops himself Uh, he does
1: (laughs) he does he does almost say that but I I was very similar to you I, I think I must have watched this when I was a little bit younger than you and I'm a sucker for an American diner, I don't know about you mm-hmm. if, I, if I see one, I've got to go in Do you
2: remember the one so that was in Newcastle? Because
1: of this whole...
2: uh,
1: Yes, I think so, yeah
2: yeah, It was amazing, I there was one so. in Shields as well There was a drugstore in King Street in Shields, you remember that?
1: An I American can't that.
2: It was like an American diner with like all like red boots and all that stuff at the back yeah. They're very long But, yeah, Uh same, same,
1: love it. That's that's, that's awesome. And that's definitely for this film. But I remember on a a different podcast that me and you did, I think this is the first time that I properly heard, like, rock and roll. Mm. I mean, that bit at at the end where he's playing the guitar and stuff like that, and I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I mean, like, him playing that guitar and, you know just playing it so well. And I just thought Marty McFly was Mike the
2: coolest a person. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got this picture of him and his brother and sister in his pocket. And the the, the less likely it is that his mom and dad are going to get together in this film, the more they're basically being erased from this picture of one yeah. by one. And he, that's uh-huh. his race against time. There's two races against time. Uh-huh. One is that. And one is the yeah. only way that they can power the car to get back to 1985 is by managing to hook it up to a lightning strike that's going to strike on the clock tower of the town hall at this specific uh-huh. time, and they're going to harness the energy from the lightning. It's got to make a yeah. connection at the right time, and if that happens, then it'll give them enough kick to get back to yeah. Um, that's
1: right. Which is brilliantly set up at the start of the phone by someone giving them a, a leaflet. Yeah, the you know, to say, "I'll save the, the, save the yeah." Which he, which he he, has on him when he, he goes back to 1955. Mm-hmm. So there's these excellent, just brilliant bits where it's setting everything up. And the other thing that I, I find brilliant is it's a kid's film. And I, don't, I think you said 11. I was probably seven or eight when I watched it. I understood it. I understood mm-hmm. what was going on. Because Doc Brown's probably... Christopher Lloyd, is the best at explaining what is going on. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he's good. (laughs) And I
1: mean, the exposition or whatever, it's needed because it's a complicated time travel story for kids. But it just works. And even watching it back, I I loved all that stuff where he's explaining everything, Mm -hmm. you know? You understand it, like I say, because otherwise, if they didn't do that, one, Doc Brown wouldn't be as good as he is because yeah. he explains it in <laughs> such a dramatic and sort of yeah. over the top way. But you, you like I say, you, you wouldn't have a clue what was going on if that didn't happen. Yeah, you know?
2: absolutely, and you know, it is needed, and there probably isn't anyone better doing it than that. Yeah, uh, no, so basically, not. he does end up trying to come up with a plan to get his mom and dad to get to get back together. He's going to get them to. He's going to try it on with the mom in the car, but he's going to go too far. Um, and George is going to notice that, come and knock on the car door and say, hey, what you doing, get your hands off her, and give mm-hmm. him a smack and be the knight in shining armour, only gets her in the car, and she's, like, well up for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, she she's well up smoking, it. and she's well up for it. So, there's that, uh-huh. that gets in the way, and then also, Biff throws Marty out of the car, and he's the one in there, and then he is actually trying it on a bit too much. So, when he goes to knock on the door, it turns out. It's Biff in there, who he's terrified of. But yeah, greatest punch in cinema comes up after it.
1: <laughs> it is a good punch. Lays him out. Lays him <laughs> completely out, doesn't it? After his arms being twisted behind his back, yeah, which is the worst punishment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the worst thing that could happen to anybody, the arm twist, isn't it?
2: Awful. So, yeah, that happens. And then... um. Doing this, Marty McFly is one got to make that happen and get back to the uh get back to the yeah. lightning strike thing. But he's been locked in the boot of a car by Biffany's gang. Um, and it's the band's yeah. car who are playing this under-the-sea dance. And the guitarist who manages to free him hurts his hand in the in the Meantime by getting him out And he has to step in on stage And play the guitar for him To make the dance yeah. happen So his mom and dad kiss each other At the dance And uh-huh. it's the best bit of music in a film Like <laughs> nothing is. can beat it He's playing Earth Angel With the other guy uh-huh. singing Yeah. And then he gets the chance to sing Chuck Berry Johnny Be Good uh-huh. This is kind of an oldie Where I'm from Kids are going to love it All of that kind of stuff and, again, it, it puts him in, like, this cool, because he's very cool. He starts playing Johnny B. Good, and nobody knows yeah. where it is, and it's electrifying. Marvin mm-hmm. Berry, it's your cousin Marvin, puts Chuck Berry <laughs> on the phone. Hey, Chuck! <laughs> you know that sound you wanted? Yeah. Well, listen to this! <laughs> and, uh, but he goes too far, and he ends up being, like, not cool again, because he goes mad. <laughs> he's obviously, like, takes this... What now is probably like a bit weird, but at the time it was very Van Halen, wasn't he? He's doing all this tapping yeah, he's rolling around yeah, on yeah, the floor right. and he's like screeching guitar, just gets farted and right. carried away with playing Johnny Be Good for this crowd, and everyone he just does. looking at him aghast at the end.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's way out of tune by the end, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> massively out of tune
2: yeah he's really fucked it up like he was <laughs> yes up. for two and a half minutes it's the greatest thing ever and then he totally fucks yeah. it up
1: <laughs> which is another brilliant part of the film like part of marty's flaws and stuff yeah. like that isn't it yeah yeah he's so, gone too far so I love that bit yeah he did take it too far but i mean it's interesting what you you were saying because it is a race against time and and that just ramps up the excitement, doesn't it? Well, the, the, the fact that he needs to get back to the clock tower to sort of harness the electricity mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's just... It, it, it. And the last sort of 10 minutes of the film are just like blood pumping amazing. Ah, pure
2: adrenaline. I've got excitement written mm-hmm. down here because that last bit where he finishes the song and he's got to get there, yeah. get in the car, and the docks, trying to... The thing, he can't get the cable together to get it and make it work. It's amazing. It, it's honestly, it's, you're just. It's like it's second by second, you're getting more and yeah. more like adrenaline pumping, like ah, and the yeah. dog beanie's over the top. Oh my god, we got to do it! we got gonna be on all of that kind of stuff. It's it's just ramps it up and it just. It, it's the film was on for almost two hours, I think, but honestly, it goes mm-hmm. by in a flash. It's like every it bit of it is necessary, and fun. yeah, there's like no bits where you're like, Oh, I'll make a cup of tea at this point. Like, you just don't want to do no,
1: that. You, you don't look at your phone, do you? That's you definitely you don't look is. at your phone when you, while you're watching it. But the thing is about you know the genius of this film is it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. That end is still exactly the mm-hmm. same, mm-hmm. it still gets you going, and it's still like you say, it's proper adrenaline ride and stuff like that. It's the same, doesn't matter if it's the first time that you've watched it or the 20th, you still feel like that. And in fact, all the way throughout the film, you like you've said as well, you feel like a kid again when you're watching it. And I don't think you know, there's, there's no better film that makes you feel like that, is there? Yeah, this I,
2: I just love it, and then. You know, he does get up back to 1985. He wakes up and he's like, oh, well, shocking. what a nightmare that was. And then he comes back and he's altered the course of history. His mom and dad are cool. They've got a nice house. Yeah. Biff's washing the car instead of telling his dad what to do. And uh-huh. uh, he's got a nice big truck. And his mom's happy for him to go out to the lakes with his girlfriend. It all's great. And then Doc Brown turns back up in his car in future clothes. We've got to go back yeah. to the, You've got to come with me back to the future. It sets up the yeah. next film. And also the greatest ending of any film.
1: <laughs> it probably, well, it, nah, it's a, it's a brilliant
2: ending. It's, it's your a, greatest. Yeah. I've said that to about pretty much every part of the film. Like this is why it's my favorite film. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Comes in a car. You've got to come back to the future with us in 30 years time you've got to come and see us. Yes. Kids are a nightmare. You both come and he's Uh like, you're never going to get 80 miles an hour by the end of this road. And then the immortal closing (laughs) line of the film "Who
1: needs roads. Roads? Yeah. Well, we're going
2: (laughs) need roads. And he pulls down his big silver reflective future (laughs) shades and the car takes off and then flies (laughs) to the screen. And it's the end sets up the next film perfectly. So good right
1: so we'll have a, a, a quiz called language timothy yes this is about 80s 90s rap some of them aren't rap okay but i'm going to disguise me voice and i haven't practiced this disguise me voice so i don't okay. know what's gonna okay. sound like <laughs> <laughs> now we both know that me and you clifford are very good at interrupting each other so if you could wait till i've finished For the boys and girls at home. Is that all right? Before you butt in with your answers. Yes. Okay. Right, first one. All right, Aldo. Sound as a pound. I'm cursed, but there's nothing down. (laughs) What song's
2: that? Yeah, you finished? Okay. That's Um, it, yes. It doesn't sound like a rap song to me. Sound very George. It, <laughs> it is a rap song. Okay, like an, like an American rapper.
1: Shall I, shall I, shall I just say the words? After,
2: no, I don't. After, want, after, I don't after, after
1: the stupid place.
2: So, so yeah. like Kuschty and Aldi. It only cost a pound. Is that what you said?
1: Right. Nope. Is that the name of a song?
2: Is Cushti, it? Um, and- is it? More money, more problems.
1: No, it was the unfilled rap. Oh that sorry.
2: one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't have to in that area. Hi. Well, get interrupted by Hello. baby chatter. Anyway, That's go, all on, right. go on. How was the how was the voice? <laughs> I loved it. Is it gonna be the same voice for everyone?
1: I don't have any other <laughs> voice. Okay. Next one. Raw and pure like sushi. Don't try to do me. Use me. Or even try to sue me.
2: <laughs> is it um is it something by old dirty bastard? Is that a guy? Is it him?
1: No, no, 80s, 90s rap.
2: Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll make I'll I'll, ha- I'll give one final go at that. Is it uh, yeah. fuck that police? No.
1: I wouldn't have anything so vulgar in okay. the quiz. You you know that it's PJ and Duncan. Let's get ready to rumble that one. Okay. <laughs> right. I think you might get this one. I'll do it slower. take the man, I see. See, daddy me snow me. Stab someone down the lane. I'll let you bum bum down. <laughs>
2: Okay, I think that's Fight the Power by Public Enemy. No, <laughs>
1: it's it's informal by Snow. Did you not get the licky bum bum down bit? I did really, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. Next one. There's only two more to go. Okay. Before my voice goes. Okay. You're my doll, rock and roll. Feel the glamour and pink. Kiss me here. Touch me there, hanky panky.
2: <laughs> is it uh, dear mama by Tupac Shakur?
1: I'm afraid that one is Barbie girl by Aqua.
2: Okay, does that fit in the genre of rap?
1: I said some of them want rap.
2: Oh, okay, I'm getting confused then.
1: I'm getting confused. Last one, I would like you on a long black lead. You can bring me all
0: the things I need, Sex Dwarf.
2: (laughs) I think that might be... um, Is it Hypnotised by the Notorious B.I.G.?
1: It's Sex Dwarf by Soft Cell. I thought you'd get that (laughs) because I said Sex Dwarf. (laughs)
2: I was sorry, it really reminded us of uh, the notorious PIG. <laughs> no. <laughs> I so how do you think on? the, the rapping is? Do you think I'm
1: good well, at
2: it? I think it was called I think you are, but it confused when you said it was rapping and the two of them turned out I not. I said to some
1: make. of them weren't rapping. <laughs> yeah, I
2: said
1: some of them. I know, but you but the
2: thing was you rapped them, so <laughs> i got confused. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can understand how that could be confusing Yeah, now. so,
2: you know, I didn't do very well, but I won't take all the blame for that. I don't
1: think you got any right. Not even Snow Informer, which <laughs> I know from experience is one of your favourite songs.
2: <laughs> That's the only tattoo I've ever got. <laughs> right, so before we go, let's say thank you to everyone for listening and let's play the music for this week, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Brett, do you want to say what it is? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got a little pop band this week called The Heavy North Mm -hmm. with a new song, Darkness in Your Eyes. Mm -hmm. And it's a very good one. It's amazing. I know you like this band, don't
2: you? I absolutely love it. Uh, I think one of the lads from the Mariners of the Coronations, I can't remember who now, retweeted them. And I listened to the song. Honestly, I really, really love it. My type of band, I'm going to, it's from the EP. What's it called? Dive Bar Blues, their EP. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm going to order that, I think, because it just if this is what they sound like, they're right up my street. So, yeah. Yes,
1: indeed. Yeah, they're excellent.
2: Absolutely excellent. So, yeah, play us out. This is The Heavy North with darkness in your eye. See, you See you later. See you later. See you